Yeah, I know. It's for real. Yeah, go for it. Terrible. It's just messed up. The stream. I cut I cut the stream off. It's just too the Wi-Fi is too garbage. I'm gonna just do a recording, pre-recording. Alright. what's up yes yeah, so yeah yeah after this i worked uh one of those days this week just because i was um it's holiday weekend and i've just been bit really busy this week in general but going from place to place a lot of different things are going on right now um getting stuff situated getting stuff prepared to move to texas and getting the location in Texas set up, uh, a bunch of stuff's going on that I'm working on. Um, and I'm moving to Texas mainly for business. Um, I just see a lot of opportunity there. And, yeah, well, it's not just that. There's just a lot of stuff going on in Texas right now. And I feel like it's sort of L.A. in the 80s, in the 70s and 90s, or New York in the, you know, in the late 80s and 90s when, you know, the city became better. I just see it as that i see it as a good opportunity especially with with podcasting with writing with all the stuff the fact that there's a although it's not technically legal uh it didn't necessarily pass the let through the legislature he did um the governor of texas did order a ban on all vaccine mandates and the technicalities of around it are kind of it was an executive order so it's kind of weird it didn't pass through a law but the point is is i know that the government or a portion of the government in Texas is going to protect against these mandates. And in this state that I'm in currently, it seems to not be the case and come, I think it's this January something, right? January something when this mandate takes into effect, unless there's lawsuits that stops it, you know, I'm basically going to lose my job anyways. So it doesn't really matter. So I'm going to Texas. I have a job lined up there. A few things going on there. And it's really, the cost of living is ridiculously cheap there i mean you're talking like 450 for a place a month i mean that's crazy cheap so yeah yeah 
Yes, yes. Yeah, I love New Hampshire and Vermont, man. I'm from, my part of my family's from New Hampshire, and it's just, it's gorgeous out there, man. Yeah, uh, I, I'll probably be able to actually do more, but yeah, definitely for right now, we'll still do Tuesdays and Wednesdays after five o'clock. That works perfect for me, so. I am good. How about yourself? Yeah. I know it's like it's so funny because I don't know why but when he put that out I just I heard it in Trump's voice which was weird the vaccinated or excuse me Fauci's voice the vaccinated are gonna die they're gonna get killed it's gonna be sick and uh, the unvaccinated excuse me what's funny about this is that all these numbers all these statistics going around there was a a thread on Twitter from who was it that started the thread it was uh I can't remember who it was I'm um drawing a blank here but someone started a thread on twitter and was like hey you know how do we know if the uh, the unvaccinated are dying more than the vaccinated and he just wanted questions it's pretty straightforward like where's the data show me statistics and there was a lot of different threads on there for people who responded and at the end of the day every thread i saw was like yeah we just don't have enough data to sort of differentiate we know in certain states the uh, it's some in the last few months that there has been more vaccinated then um well you here's what the thread that i saw that really was like okay that's interesting it's nothing concrete but it's like 95 excuse me 70 percent of the people or, or over 70 percent of the people who've died from covid in the last like year or so has been people over 65 and people over 65 are 95 percent vaccinated that population is 95 percent vaccinated will you say that maybe that five percent which is around 1.9 million or so okay all of them could have died but the probability of the 1.9 million people who were not vaccinated who were over 65 only they died that's statistically improbable so Maybe it's not 50-50, maybe it's more. I saw a lot of numbers like 40-50, 40, 45-50, 40, and I'm like, 
and they so there was some data there to kind of get to that sort of that point uh, like different bits and pieces of empirical data and statistics but not nothing concrete again but it's like okay let's just say it's 35 or 40 to 50 let's say 40 percent of all the people who died were uh vaccinated and like 50 percent or a little over 50 percent whatever it is were were unvaccinated okay that's still like you have to say to yourself are the unvaccinated just dying at crazy rates and are the vaccinated are they safe the point of this is what i'm getting to is with anything in life anything whether it be your children your brother your mother your father what you're doing to them when they get sick when they get ill when your kid gets the flu when your brother might have some sort of a bad cold right the the treatment that you're giving has to provide a a a proportion of safety against the illness because if it doesn't then there's no point in continuing the treatment it's like when you get sick you're like okay i'm gonna take this medicine and i have a 40 percent chance of not dying and it's like well that that's not really that much of a treatment it's like even if you're from the utilitarian perspective it's not right from the deontological uh perspective it's not right and from the medical standpoint it's not right it's like this vaccine is not a vaccine but again the cdc so i'm gonna excuse me according to the cdc and the nih they changed the definition of the vaccine but when you have to get a medical treatment every nine months as is required in germany and that's what you have to do for the rest of your life until you're dead that is not a vaccine that is that's that's a therapeutic that's like basically like something like chemotherapy right like chemotherapy And the way that I would define Mises is as that which abides and follows by the laws and principles of, of human nature from a biological standpoint, a psychological standpoint, which then leads to an economic standpoint. Because whether you know it or not, the bio evolutionary bi uh, biological sort of realm is intertwined into the economy realm. This is why certain ideologies like fascism, socialism, feudalism, right? They don't work. They hurt more people than they help. There's certain uh, uh, societal economic theories that they, they don't perform well, even if, which is, is like they perform well on paper, but that that's, that's not even true either. But they look well, okay? They look good. They look like they'll be all right. People are going to be a one um consequence is going to happen and, and not another and then you try and that just 
does not be the case. And you have to look at your economy from a biological, a evolutionary biological perspective. And you have to say what works best for people based off of what people do and how people act. Well, it turns out that when people when people share, when people trade among each other, when people barter, when it's not a perfect market, but there's a to the smallest extent possible, no government intervention, which right now you could even say that we're closer to fascism than we've ever been, right? I mean, the government involvement in businesses is is absolutely crazy. It's it's I know this is so it this just shows you the absolute entitlement of these people right here's the deals I I've you know had a few girlfriends I've been around a lot of people in my life had a lot of experiences with individual and typically when people say things I I don't take it as person like if someone just says you're this or that and it's just absolutely false yes when you're with someone a long enough time and they continue to say things that are mean rude disrespectful vile vicious malicious malevolent it begins to hurt you not necessarily because it's true but because it's it's not nice when the people you care for and the people that you have feelings for and love are treating you like shit but when an just a random person out in the street says hey you're this and I'm like I'm not that I don't feel a need to respond or even defend myself I don't feel the need to do that because I know it's a lie so when Fauci is kind of saying that he needs to take they need to take this back about the kill shot I believe it was it's like why do they need to take it back why I mean like think about it is this bothering you, Fauci, someone who hasn't really practiced uh, being a medical doctor in almost two decades? Is this bothering you, Fauci, the highest paid employee in the federal government right now? Is this bothering you, Fauci, the guy who's literally on media, mainstream media every damn day? Is this bother bothering you, Fauci, the one who has a million dollar budget documentary about you on Di or whatever it was, Disney, I can't remember? Like, it just seems a little peculiar to me, that's all. Oh, you're good.
Yeah. Oh, God. I know, take a nap and leave office. I mean, really, like, you know what the funniest thing I've seen in the last six months was? It was, I'm telling you, I died laughing. I watch a comedian named Tim Dillon all the time, right? I really love him. Like, I think he's one of the best comedians right now. Like, he he's, now, I, when it comes to stand-up, I think he has a lot of work to do, but his podcast he does, is that's what he should do. It's so perfectly funny and it's so it's just so hilarious but i don't know if you heard about this uh, it wasn't that long ago Lori lightfoot was exposed for writing negative um like yelp reviews um about i think a restaurant and i think a driver of that sort like just something like that and she was just vicious vicious in her review oh she didn't do this and then it turned out that the lady who she wrote the review about said that she completely lied and that she was rude and that she was this and this was that and basically everything that Lori Lightfoot had said is what she did and you had multiple people saying this and Tim Dillon obviously had fun and you know poked at it but it's like these people when you understand I'm trying to I want this to be installed into everyone's head who are listening, right? 
one thing that you will learn when it comes to psychology, right? Advertisers have a very good understanding of it. They have a good understanding of positive emotions related to certain colors. They have a good understanding of the psychological technique rep repetition and associating certain certain images and certain pictures and even certain phrases and language with positive emotions and um, images. So they understand this stuff. They have groups of psychologists who understand this. But when you understand the, the, the if you look at most people, most people project. And the, most people project because they don't know they're projecting. It's like, so you're saying someone else is this. Well, how are you entirely sure that that someone else is not you? How are you entirely sure that what you criticize the most, what you dislike the most, is not you projecting, as Jung would say, your shadow? And basically, Jung had this theory about the shadow, which is like, you have a monster inside you, a villain. That's that person who thinks those evil thoughts, right? We all have those thoughts. Maybe you thought about killing someone. Maybe you thought about hurting someone. Maybe you thought about stealing, breaking some something. That that those those thoughts that that are there, right? It not quite a, a little different but yes it, it young took a lot from freud but also was like a not basically young was like not everything's focused on your repressed sexuality right that's what that's what freud was at the end of the day which makes sense because he you know it's on record that he did rape and molest i think his uh his niece and there's a lot of stuff like that so yeah so yeah Freud was basically like everything is almost everything is sort of entrenched around the idea that people repress their sexual interest and desires, which then leads to negative thinking and and the unconscious is built mainly around suppressed sexual thoughts. When Jung was like, no, 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 that's not entirely true. That is a case, but it's not the only case case. And Jung was like, you have this this villain inside you. Right. And we all have this villain. Now, the way that you become, that you self-actualize yourself, or as Jung would say, individuation, which is the process of actualizing who you are unconsciously, bringing those unconscious motives and motifs to your conscious mind, is integrating all your dark qualities into your conscious mind, right? Integrating it. All right, you're good. Yes.
Yeah. Yeah, and here's the deal is like right now in the state where my family's located, they're vaccinated. But um one thing that has been very scary to think about, really two things. And I'm going to touch on this first thing first obviously, and that's the fact that that it's like okay, there's there's the idea that to get out of something terrible, you have to all act brave. And by acting brave, we're eventually going to get out of this terrible thing. Right. So everybody acts brave and they're like, you know, I'll take one for the team, such as Jordan Peterson. And I, this is where it kind of surprised me that he was uh, sort of um, malleable enough and was ma manipulated by his own state to think that because he got the vaccine, that his own government would leave him alone. And he turns out that he regrets taking the vaccine because that wasn't the case, which kind of shocked me. You'd think someone like Jordan Peterson. But again, he's uh, for one, he's a uh, believe it or not, he's an agreeable person. And he also um, it necessarily doesn't always uh see the tricks he knows that people play right so and he also assumes that most people are genuinely capable of being good and most people are not malevolent now he he's no one to be naive but i think he can be naive right but anyways so one thing that has been scary is that um so everyone was brave everybody did that thing that, that it's going to get us out of this awful time and, and it's going to bring us back to the normal the the, the normal life so um, but eventually that, 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 that bravery gets extended and it's like, okay, you got to be brave twice. You got to be brave two times, right? But once you're brave two times, we're good. We're going to get out of this situation. We're going to bring everything back to normal and things are going to change. And it's because you're being brave again. Now it's like that bravery, that second time wasn't enough. We need you to be brave a third time, right? And this third time, it's going to be it. This is going to be the last time that you have to be willing to undergo a, a certain medical treatment to bring everyone out in the rest of the world back to the normal world prior to COVID. The people do it. But then eventually people go, I'm not being brave. I'm being stupid and naive. And it takes only a matter of time for people to realize that they are not being brave. They are not being courageous. They are not being anything other than stupid and naive and falling for the tricks of a deceptive state, whether it be in the West or whether it be in the East. But at least we in the West have a bit we have a lot more power to say no. Go to the East. You know what they do if you say no? They'll lock you up and kill you, execute you. 
Uh, China has executed the most billionaires in the world. They've executed somewhere around 16 to 17 billionaires because they speak out of line, have a lot of money, which then kind of lets them have a lot of power. And China doesn't want billionaires having power. That's why Jack Ma disappears, right? He disappears because he started getting out of line and saying stuff about China. Gone for two, two, two to six months, just gone. No one knew where he was. Boom, pops back up on the scene and then started saying good stuff about China and, and, and spewing propaganda. And here's here's the deal. So we have we have power. And and this is something the socialists say, right? The working class has leverage over the state. Now you may not think it, okay? But this is a this is at the basis of the Marxist doctrine, right? This is at the ba- this is at the basis of the the Marxist doctrine, which is we need to bring materials and resources and equally distribute, which I disagree with, to the working class so they have leverage over others and that the higher upper classes and caste cannot take advantage of the working class anymore. But right now, whether you know it or not, you have an exuberant amount of power. What? Okay, you may go to jail, right, for let's just say disobeying the orders, right? But guess what? You can get out of jail. You got a bail. And the probability of the FBI going in everyone's house and committing malevolence and putting everyone in jail and killing everyone, it's not going to happen, right? They may threaten you like they've done with the parents and the school boards. They may say you're a white supremacist. They may say you're a militant right winger. But at the end of the day, you have your First Amendment right. But you don't have that if you don't participate in the responsibility it takes to keep it. As Jordan Peterson says, rights come with responsibility and accountability. And if you do not accept those two things, which are one and the same, you will lose your rights. Because they are not given to you. And the Founding Fathers made sure that no government gave anyone rights. They were unalienable, right? And they were endowed by our, by our creator, whether you believe in God or not. The, the notion is, from the constitutional, from even the, the, the federalist perspective, and the anti-federalist is like, we have rights not because the state grants them, but because it's self-evident, right? Self-evident that we have sovereignty of our own body. We have autonomy of our own body. That's why slavery was so bad. It wasn't because, you know, it was always bad everywhere in the world. The majority of the world had slavery, right? We know that Britain basically got rid of slavery before we did. But the reason why it was so bad in America, because everyone, everyone who knew the Constitution, which more people did, and knew what this country was founded on, knew that that couldn't stand. It could not stand with the rights that we have, which is to be treated equal under whatever the deity, if it's the universe, if it's God, we are created equal with rights that no one gives to us. We are blessed with as soon as we have a pulse and come out of the womb. And I think even before you come out of the womb, I think you have rights. This is why I have a nuanced opinion on abortion. But I don't believe that that people are going to keep taking this. They're not going to keep being stupid and naive. They're going to stand up. My parents, my parents who took both shots are now, they're like, and I'm, I'm talking to them on the phone, and they're like, you know, I don't want to have to get another one. And then you have in Virginia and a lot of states where you're going to have this mandate. And a lot of businesses have 100 employees or more. I think it's over 40, 45% of all businesses. So 45% of all people who don't want to get the vaccine, excuse me, 45% of all businesses are going to get rid of some people. Let's just say well, less than a quarter of people. There's a quarter of people out of this 45% who will not get the vaccine, not because that they don't want it. That might be probably, but also because they can't get it. Right. There's millions of people who cannot medically get this uh, vaccine because of different medical um, 
positions that they're in, which basically not not just this vaccine, but a lot of vaccines. There's a lot of people who can't get a lot of vaccines. There's a lot of people who are very sensitive to certain chemicals. Um, and and, and I'm not going to get on the uh, get on the like this. I'm not going to try and substantiate a claim against the medical treatment. I'm going to substantiate a claim against the mandate of this medical treatment. Okay, and go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. They extract. Yeah, which is funny because this is uh, from a different sort of foundation, but this was what propagated socialism. This right here, the idea that people cannot, that, that people are not, that, that they are not destined to be, uh, to be controlled by lords and things like feudalism in the Middle Ages, that's not good. People need leverage. And if everyone quit their job immediately, put it like this, right? The government, like you said, they don't create things. What the government's job is to do, right? And I'm not saying that we should keep the same government that we have because I believe the system is fundamentally, well, I think it's old, but I think parts of it that are that were originally decentralized, which is the whole idea of the states. Like, we can keep that, you know? But a lot of the federal sort of notions and even the Constitution has parts in it that I don't agree with because at the end of the day, doctrines get old and people forget their meaning and then people don't act out what the original meaning was. And then people just, well, how many people just know the Constitution now, right? Probably not a lot. But what I was getting at is that the one thing that they should do, and I think I talked to you about this, is they should protect the state's, excuse me, the country's sovereignty, right? That's one thing that is a major part that the government should do, protect us against not only invaders, but things like as far as border security, protect their citizens' sovereignty. Two, now th th this one's, they still want, it seems like, okay, I guess you could make a case that they're protecting people's sovereignty to a, to a certain degree, but even the border is really, really bad. Two is to manage Manage the country's budget. Now, that has to do with trades. That has to do with resources they're getting from other countries. They have to manage the country's bu budget and the large amount of money that goes into a country, right? It's a lot of money, and it's not just one person, right? Not everyone's Elon Musk. You need lots of people who are competent and capable to run a country and manage the budget and make sure resources get distributed. Now, that doesn't mean that our current our current state is what is needed to manage a budget. I think you can do you can do a decentralized closer to an anarchy and still manage the budget and have it actually be more effective, right? I believe that. But Oh. So No, but that's a that's a really good point, Kareem, that you just you made me think of. So I was thinking about this the other day. I was taking a walk around um, where I'm currently at right now, and I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, what do we have that's on our side? So I was going over a lot of things. I was going over the fact that a large portion of our country um, 
believe it or not, is very awake to a lot of this stuff. Now, it's not whether they're awake or not. It's whether they're awake and they're willing to fight for what they don't want, what they know is morally wrong. Are they willing to stand up against tyranny, against authoritarianism, against uh, identitarians, against politicians who are claiming to be one way but show a completely different, uh, have a different manner in their personal life? But, and then I thought about our economic status, right? Because it's like, I'm trying to work out this idea of anarchy and I've been doing it for around five months now. I've been writing a lot of work on it, not for a book necessarily, but I might put it in one of my, in a book. It's like, how could this work, right? And the something that I came up with and I'm going to spoil alert is something called the Articles of Decentralization, right? I'm working on this. doesn't mean I'm going to publish it, but just something I thought of that to help because writing things out makes you get them more structured right you're basically thinking typing your thoughts and then organizing your thoughts on paper and then rethinking it which is just absolutely amazing and i was like cryptocurrency self-regulates and self-governs the economy and i said wait a minute so you're telling me that there's this currency cryptocurrency that is so secure, no central state has been able to manipulate it. None, ever. And it's been around for 12 years now. They get rid of it. They have to ban it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're right. They would have to completely ban the internet to get rid of cryptocurrency. And and more importantly, yeah, they would have to ban... They, they can't do it. They can... Exactly. Yeah, and, and they do... That's how they're winning, though. 
Not everybody's freaking out about this. In fact, I've never met anyone who's freaking out about this. The media is making it seem as though a majority of the population are freaking out. But when you have South African doctors who literally found this variant um, and discovered it, and they're saying that they're disappointed in the, the world's reaction to it because it's much milder, and it seems to be not fully, uh, it seems to be that the vaccine doesn't fully protect you against it, but it's, it, there's much a higher level of protection than Delta. And we know that Delta, you remember that there was a whole buzz about Delta. It was more deadly than Omicron and the, the vaccine wasn't perfect efficacy waned when the, when for Delta, but also efficacy wanes after six months. Anyway, you go from like 80 to 95%, depending on the vaccine to like 50 or 60% in six months. So the idea is this is milder. The vaccines protect against it to a pretty decent degree. And a lot of people have medical treatments. And one thing that really sort of uh, made me hopeful is it was an article I read, I think yesterday or two days ago, that, um, I, of course, it's Merck and Pfizer, but they're going to be offering, um, uh, yeah, yes, basically, that's what that's literally what it is. But it's going to get approved for Omicron, so people can take it at home, like a doctor can prescribe it. And I looked at it, I'm like, this looks a lot like sort of ivermectin and um some something of that nature. But again, not a medical doctor. Go check out the article. You can actually pull that up. It's like Pfizer and Merck offer pill subscription at home, and I'm like, well, that's good. I mean, of course, it's going to be Pfizer and Merck, but like, you know. It's just sad that it took two years for it to get right here when we knew we've had all these sort of pre-COVID treatments for years since two months into COVID. You know, Dr. McAuliffe was talking about this to Congress, testifying in Austin, Texas, testifying. And it's just sad, man, because how many people how many people lost their lives because they were told when they went to the hospital that there's nothing we can do but let you die.